Meet St. Louis podcast brought to you by Mattress Direct, your local sleep specialist. Each week, we take you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with KMOV. Brother and sister Amy and Phil Lee grew up in the restaurant business. They spent their childhood and school years in their mom's Chinese restaurants. And while both took other paths in college and after, they both found their way back to the kitchen. Amy started Saucy Porca in Chicago, first as a food truck and then as a brick and mortar. But the call back home to St. Louis was strong. And the pandemic brought a corner storefront location right next to SLU and the siblings jumped at the chance to work together. The menu is filled with Latin and Asian fusion food with a fast, casual style, but a big focus on service. We sat down with Amy and Phil to talk about owning a restaurant together, the inspiration behind the most popular dishes, and the influence their mom still has in their kitchen. Let's meet Amy and Phil. Get the best price on brand name mattresses at Mattress Direct. You'll get the guaranteed lowest price and the non-commissioned sleep specialists will make sure you get the right mattress for the way you get to sleep. You'll sleep better knowing you got the best price on the right mattress when you shop local at St. Louis Mattress Direct. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're sitting inside your location here right next to St. Louis University's campus. How big has this location been for the success of the restaurant here? Oh, amazing. Um, you mean the St. Louis community has been amazing and welcoming and, um, and kind of loving on us with the, the Latin Asian cuisines that we've been able to showcase here, but especially the college students in the area. This area has changed so much in the last, I want to say, 10, 15 years. Yeah. It did not look like this when I was growing up. And it's amazing to come back and see how much has grown and um, how many people live around the area now. Like people actually live in the city again, you know, yeah. and it's a great experience. Because you started this concept in Chicago. Yeah. So let's walk it back to then. How did it come to be? How did the idea come about? Yeah. So I started um, as a food truck. And that's when the food truck movement was just happening. And at the time in Chicago, there's probably only like maybe two or three trucks. Mm. And I was one of the first few that kind of rolled out. Um, I had quit my job at Grubhub, which oh. was a tiny little startup at the time. Really? But then we like, we were like, I was employee like number 10. So we grew and then I was like, okay. What I'm did a you, wait, now I'm going to pause. What did you do at Grubhub? <laughs> so I was um, head of uh, social media and PR. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I did that. It was a great experience. I got to work with all these amazing entrepreneurs. But then I realized being surrounded by these entrepreneurs that they were doing what they loved. And I missed cooking. I missed, you know, being around food. Phil and I grew up in Chinese restaurants. My mom had restaurants here. So we were always doing this as like our side hustle. Mm -hmm. Phil never left the restaurant business. So I said when I had an opportunity, I was like, food truck movement was happening. This is a chance to jump in and see if I can do this on my own. And so how did you come up with the concept? Did you know you wanted to stick sort of with the Asian flavors of your of your background? How did where did the Latin fusion come in? So the food truck when it first started, it was more like traditional banh mi sandwiches. Okay. And then with different like uh, influences of like uh, Korean and Chinese flavors in there, but it was more Asian focused. And then when I was in the food truck scene, I met um, Rafael Lopez who was doing Latin food. And so he and I started doing events together and we started collaborating. And then we realized, oh my God, this is like an amazing, like all the dishes we were creating was a really great marriage of the two like cultures and the spices and the flavors. So that's how Saucy Pork was born. And then we opened our first storefront 
and then we opened a second one and then when I always knew we wanted to come back to St. Louis like this was my hometown I came to my brother and I said let's do this um he's like I'm ready and how was it in Chicago how- First off, I also was just at the nail salon the other day, yeah. and the Guy Fieri episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they I was like, oh, next week. yeah, yeah. I love it when it reairs. That's so funny. Yeah. So, what was it like being in Chicago? Was the scene different there from what you kind of grew up in the restaurant scene here in St. Louis? Yes, because I think when I was growing up here, there wasn't. I think there was one Thai restaurant, right? And there was Chinese restaurants, and and there was like the one Vietnamese restaurant. Mm-hmm. And there was like Miley, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a lot of diversity and food and then when I went to Chicago I realized how much food was out there culturally different like ethnic foods everything and I mean like Chinatown is next to Pilsen which is like you know where all the Latin food is and then there's like an Ethiopian town there's a Korean town like so it was that experience kind of really influenced Mm -hmm. this menu as well Um, and I think that St. Louis has grown so much as well as a food like city absolutely and like again coming back I, I was so surprised to see there's korean fried chicken everywhere there's korean barbecue there's just so much more diversity and i think when i came back to phil and i said i think st louis is gonna love this concept and we were right and so phil what was that like did you know that when she was thinking about coming back to st louis that you guys wanted to work together what was that like for you yeah i think to be honest with you it was time it was time because i, I spent last 20 years of my life working for another uh, concept mm-hmm. and helping build that concept up and so when my mom was like hey it's I think it's, it's ready for you and your sister to kind of partner up and and, and bring saucy porker to, to st. Louis I think that was it was it was right after COVID right. and as as soon as we were like we survived COVID we can survive anything right, right? and so um, what we learned from there has actually helped us um, transitioned very well here in St. Louis. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys really, I mean, A, the space was really available because of COVID. Of COVID. Caldi's closed here during COVID, never really reopened. I was like, always like, when's Caldi's reopening? And then I saw a sign for you guys coming. So, yeah, what were those, like, sort of lessons and right in that sort of barely post-pandemic time of opening? You know that you're crazy restaurant owners when you open a restaurant <laughs> right after COVID, right? right? Like, who would want to go through that? Like, that was probably one of the hardest times. I'm sure if you've spoken with other business owners, it was so difficult because we had to pivot and transition and adapt and, you know, and kind of adjust to the new, the new order and the new model of feeding people again. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there was opportunities now because, you know, Caldi's decided that they were going to shut this location down. And then it was a lot of it was built out already. And for us, we walked in. I always know when I walk into a space, Phil found this, calls me. He's like, I think I found it. I think this is it. He's like, can you get to town this weekend? I said, yes. So he shot a couple pictures of it. And then I walked in. I fell in love instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. And he and I both knew that this was going to be our restaurant, like from the get go. What was that yeah. feeling like, Phil, to walk in? And as you said, you, you've been in the restaurant scene here in St. Louis, so you know. What did you see here that you thought, you know what, this is going to work? Well, okay, so superstition, right? This is a funny superstition. My mom has this thing that she feels like our ancestors or those who have passed away have guided us in, in, mm-hmm. in a certain direction. We were working out a deal with a space down the street from here, and it didn't work out well. Like, we didn't have a good vibe about mm-hmm. it. And so we were, I was just driving down Laclede Avenue, and I just happened to look over to the right. I go, for lease? What? How's this corner spot still for lease? Mm-hmm. I was leaving that weekend to go to Cancun. for. It was July 4th weekend. <laughs> I was leaving, and I was like, 
oh man i i, I would like to amy are you going to come in town and she's like yeah 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 so that's how it, everything worked out but it was it's the craziest feeling and it's the most gratifying feeling when you walk in and it's, it's kind of like buying your first home mm-hmm. you kind of know right you, you look at so many different houses you're like yeah this is not it and then when you when you find it, it it's 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 the one so yeah it's been cool. It's Walk been super cool. Walk us through the concept. Again, you sort of said you had a, had a concept that was able to adapt. I mean, you see the QR codes on the tables. Uh, walk us through the concept here for those that haven't been here before. Yeah, so because I came from the food truck, I already was very familiar with kind of quick service, and I thought that was definitely the direction we wanted to go. Um, I think we could do still high-quality food and make it quick service, because I think people had this perception of quick service as, like, fast food, Mm -hmm. right? But this was more about efficiency and, like, taking away the tablecloths, taking away kind of the formality, and then just making it a little bit more, like, down-to-earth and just kind of, like, casual, Mm -hmm. right? So with this, we... I also realized in the market, like when you look at quick service or fast food, there was Chipotle, there's McDonald's, but there was nothing really uniquely like Latin Asian fusion. And I was like, I think there's an opportunity for us to explore that and do it. Um, And so I said, let's, let's give this a try. And I already saw how it was working on the food truck. And I was like, this will definitely translate into a brick and mortar restaurant. So we kept the um, menu really minimal. So it's not a huge, gigantic menu. Mm-hmm. You can get your bacos, you can get your banmis, you can get your rice bowl, and then there's um, a selection of like five appetizers, right? So we didn't want to do Greek diner and have a hundred different things, right? <laughs> right? Or a Chinese restaurant, because like I said, we grew up in my mom's Chinese restaurant, and there was like a hundred items on that menu. And so it's so, Phil it's and I so much still know prep. the yeah. numbers to every yeah. item. Like yeah. we'll say, oh, number twenty-eight, crab rangoon. Number seventy-five, beef and broccoli. Like to this day, as adults, we still remember because we had to memorize it as kids. I was like, never again. <laughs> never again. Yeah, what lessons do you take from growing up in that world from your mom as restaurant owners now yourselves? It's about the grit, the commitment, and, like, the love. And I think we run this business like it really is family-owned. Like, we had at our – my mom ran her Chinese restaurant for 20 years, and everybody that worked with her was, like, family. And we knew to translate that same kind of philosophy in how we run our business as well. Um, we didn't want to have this, like, kind of corporate stuffy feels, mm-hmm. a little bit more laid back, but we definitely, like, treat our employees like they're our family. Yeah, that's, so, that's, yeah, that's for sure. What, did, what are some of the lessons you've taken from, from your mom in your career path in the restaurant world? Man, okay, since kids, my sister and I have worked in the kitchen. We've, like, cleaning, washing dishes, busting tables. And then at an early age for me, I, I, I enjoyed cooking. And so the lessons that, I, that she's taught us is, is really two things, right? Is, is be loyal to your employees. Um, and because they're going to be loyal to you, but also the customer service aspect of things. So you still have to bring every customer that comes in here. And I tell all my new hires, I say this, is that they're choosing to spend their hard-earned money at our restaurant. So take care of them. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter, you know, what they appear to be like. Just take care of them because they're, they're here to enjoy the food. You know, in customer service, sometimes people think like, oh, with quick service, fast casual, yes. like that that kind of falls to the wayside. But that's something that you guys... We emphasize strongly right mm-hmm. off the bat that we didn't want people to feel like 
you know, I think we've all had experiences where we walked into a quick service and it felt like you were just a number, right? Mm -hmm. And so I said, I don't, do not want our, our customers feeling that way. So greet them. Try to remember, you know, remember all the regulars' names that come on a regular basis and remember what they got so you can even say their order before they even mm -hmm. order it. Like little details like that I think is important. And in a world where we're so like, like QR codes and technology and things are fast, like the, the basic rules of back in the day running a business hasn't changed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So were there moments for either of you growing up in the restaurant business that you thought, and you kind of did. You stepped away into the sort of the startup world that you did that you thought, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to be in the restaurant world. <laughs> oh, no. When you yeah, grow up, yeah. Phil and I both were like, we're never doing this. When we graduated yeah, college, yeah. we're going to get as far away as this is possible yeah. because we lived it. We breathed it seven days a week. We did our homework. We yeah. slept on the booth. We like <laughs> everything. Like when friends were at sleepovers and at camp, we were washing dishes, right? Yeah. Like yep. that was our childhood, but then it, it's a part of your DNA. And I think like when he went, he did banking for a while mm -hmm. and I did my corporate job. And then you realize how much you miss it because then you start doing it on your free time and you realize, okay, this was meant to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Phil, so you went into banking. I went into what, banking. What drew you back into the restaurant world and kind of give us your, your path until um, teaming up with your sister. I actually, a, a good friend of mine um, decided to open up drunken fish okay yeah. okay so yeah. it, but pretty well known yeah, yeah it's little, it, yeah little yeah yeah just a little <laughs> popular here in st louis and so back in 2002 he he came to me and he said hey i think i'm gonna open up a, a restaurant i'm like that's great just don't get me involved <laughs> but it he did and so i you know on the weekends because you know banking is monday through friday so sure. since saturday and sunday and i was bartending sure. who, who needs and, days off exactly i was like you know it's cash i'll, I'll bartend but that led to, hey, you're doing a really good job. Can you train some of these guys? And so that led to, hey, why don't you get into the kitchen and, and, and start learning how to make sushi? Oh, okay. So that, it just it got sucked back in mm -hmm. because I realized how much I do love cooking. And it is an art form. Like even here, the preparation of our food, I just want it to look good. Mm -hmm. It, once you, it arrives at your home or if it arrives here at the table, I, I still want it to look good and taste good. So that's, that's the pride that we have behind our artwork. Was there always sort of that feeling of, I want my own spot. I want to... Yeah. Yeah. There's always that. To venture out on, on and kind of do a family thing. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that's the entrepreneurship in, our, mm -hmm. in our, what our mom has taught us is to build a business for yourself. Um, but I think that's a that's that's a common um, what's the word I'm looking for? But people always suggest that, right? Mm -hmm. Be your own boss, right? And eventually, your nine to five job, you should do something more for yourself, right? What's the biggest challenge of being your own boss? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like Phil said, we like as you're a business owner, you are the accountant, you're the chef, you're the plumber, you're the uh, marriage counselor sometimes. <laughs> you're everything, right? Like, and everybody leans on you to solve the problems. And mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, you always have to kind of think about things and 
problem solve. And like, I remember when I worked corporate, I was like, oh, it's an issue, go to HR. Oh, right. tech issue, go to the tech guys, right? Now but you are the tech guys. Now you, you are, are everything, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but it's enjoyable in the sense that it keeps you sharp and you're constantly problem solving. And we've been doing this long enough that it's funny that some things come second nature to Phil and I. Like people are, sometimes our staff laughs at us because they're like, how did you figure that out? Because you just, your brain just operates that way. Mm -hmm. You just look at a problem you're like, okay, we can solve this. Yeah. What's it like working as siblings together? <laughs> oh. do, you have, do you have siblings? <laughs> I do. I have two sisters. So, and sometimes I think, you know what? If you dream to work with them. And then other times I'm like, would it? Yeah. Would it? <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, Phil and I always had a healthy rivalry growing up. That's good. Um, so I think what's good about us is that we keep both of each other on our toes. Like he challenges me and I challenge him. Um, and uh, we had to learn to communicate, not as siblings, but as business partners. Mm -hmm. And those are two different, you know, types of ways yeah, relationships. Of relationships. Yeah. And so you have to figure those out. And I've learned I have to create boundaries. It's like, you can't just call me after 7 p.m. after a long day. <laughs> like, call me, like, let's set up time. Because you're right. just so used to it as, yeah. like, siblings, just, like, reaching out, texting, calling, whatever, sure. you know. So creating boundaries. <laughs> we've, we've gotten better about this, so... And, you know, I said you showed your mom is here. Yes. And so how fun is that to, ha to A, be back in St. Louis, uh -huh. to be with your mom, to have her sort of influence on the restaurant? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's her dream come true for yeah. sure yeah. because she always envisioned us to continue the family business. Mm -hmm. And then when Phil and I both kind of went our separate ways, did our own thing, she reminded us. She planted the seed a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. There was a reminder every Thanksgiving, every holiday, hey, you know what would be really great? You know what would be so fun? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys opened a restaurant together. And it was constantly embedded us and reminding Like, she was always talking about it. And then finally it was like, oh, okay. Like, we, we came up with it ourselves. But we knew she knows that she came up with it. It was she was the mastermind behind it, right? Yeah, <laughs> she was always plotting, yeah. plotting, yeah. scheming. Yeah. Um, so let, I want to talk about the menu because we, you mentioned some of the things on the menu, but let's dive into a little bit. How do you combine those Latin and Asian flavors together? What a is the most popular dish on the menu? Let's talk about that. So definitely here in St. Louis, our Mexifa, mm. and that's actually a, a really beautiful example of kind of the fusion that's going on. Mm -hmm. So we cook with like a traditional pho broth, except for we don't use pork bones, okay. or sorry, beef bones. We use pork bones. And then we use pork bones because we cook a lot of pork here because of the Latin influences. Sure. And then when we marinate and cook the guajillo pork, we started to discover that when we added it to the pho, it added a whole nother layer of flavor to it. So people are like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like this Mexican soup I have at my grandma's, but then it kind of tastes like pho. And I was like, perfect. That's, that's what, what we were, going for. that's what we were aiming for. So when you're eating it, it's not like a traditional pho. Mm -hmm. You definitely get the, the fusion of the different, two different cultures. What is your favorite thing on the menu? Uh, the egg rolls. <laughs> the picadillo egg roll is to die for. I probably can eat a hundred of those. Um, <laughs> but it reminds me of like an empanada, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the ground beef. It's got raisins and potatoes and melted chihuahua cheese. And we serve it with our housemate, Chipotle Aioli. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was the traditional egg roll that we grew up making in our mom's Chinese restaurant. But then I took this, the stuffing and kind of reinvented it a little bit. What did your mom think of some of the fusion recipes? I mean, if she grew up, you know, and had these restaurants, more traditional Chinese, what was that introduction to the fusion like for, for her or for other family members? <laughs> well, she's an Asian mother, so she's very <laughs> judgmental, and she will never, ever hold back the truth. Um, and I remember the first time she had the Mexi Pho, she's like, 
this doesn't taste like a Trish flop. <laughs> and she was very hard on us. And I was like, Mom, it's not supposed to. And then she finally got it. She finally understood what I was trying to do with the menu. And she's like, okay, I guess this is fine. <laughs> you know, the word fusion, I feel like, has had this evolution over mm-hmm. the years. It was really popular. And then people started being like, oh, fusion. And yeah. now it's kind of it just evolved into what our food is. Yeah. Because no one, for the most part, really eats one kind of food what's your take on fusion and sort of that terminology um i think it's like a marriage of just different spices and flavors from different cultures Mm -hmm. and i think that you can fuse anything like i'm seeing you know indian pizzas i'm seeing you know like lebanese tacos and just like it's beautiful marriage of because those things already existed in those cultures but they were always said something you know they were called something different Mm -hmm. And then now you're using kind of similar spices and, you know, and people don't realize like that are, and it's great because people were intimidated at first. Like when I first opened my restaurant, people would walk in and be like, what, what's a paella? Or, you know, like yeah. what is guajillo? You know, and you had to explain to them because it, it was a little bit intimidating. It was like, is it too spicy? Is it this? Is it that? Then I would say, think of a fried rice when I was serving my paella with the, you know, Chinese sweet sauce. And I'm like, oh, this is like that. Right. So I was like, that's exactly yeah, sometimes what it is. Is it, do you have to still kind of walk people through yeah. the menu? And, oh, and definitely. The yeah, for sure. Um, and then once you, and that's what the, we talked about service earlier. It was really important for us to be able to explain to our guests what the items are, what the ingredients are, because once they know it and they know, oh, I know these flavors, mm-hmm. then they're okay with it. Because I think seeing the word kind of freaks people out sometimes because it looks so unfamiliar and sure. foreign. But once they know that flavor profile, they're like, oh, I can totally do this. Absolutely. What is next for you guys? What's the, the goals for the future? Uh, are there expansion ideas? What What do you hope for? There's always expansion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think our, <laughs> our goal is to, to reach out to further in, in, in the singles market, right? And so we're here in Midtown, which is amazing. I, I, like our Central West and Midtown, it's a blend, right? But there's there's so much more, and then we get a lot of feedback coming back from our customers, like, "Hey, you guys need to move further west and put it here, put it mm-hmm. there." Um, and we don't disagree; we agree wholeheartedly. I think that it is an opportunity for us to to expand here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. just like we did in Chicago. And Chicago is a tough market to expand in, right. and and here in St. Louis is a lot easier. And so I think we're we're that's our our future goals is, is to, to yeah we see. get customers that come mm. from like st peter's mm. fenton and they're always like when are you guys coming out there and i love hearing that because it just shows that this is a concept that can work anywhere right. so and we just celebrated our one year anniversary so for the first year i told phil because when we started it's like oh we can open here and here and here and i was like <laughs> let's just get the first year under our belt first and like let's breathe a little bit you know yeah between <laughs> the two of you guys is it both is sort of it is one pulling the other back or pushing the other more forward? It's always a give and take because he has the excitement of the first year. Mm-hmm. Just I remember that first excitement I had when I opened my first shop. Mm-hmm. And then after you start to build it, you're like, okay, now we got to perfect this. Now we got to, you know, like the boring parts, right? We have to like get perfect on our processes before we can start moving and growing even bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've always, went, that's why I like, he pushes me to like, think bigger sometimes it's like let's do more and I want to do it but this is exhausting right like three like three stores is like three crazy babies (laughs) did you still have the food truck in Chicago no we sold the food truck um you know that was exciting that was amazing but for me I wanted to focus on the brick and mortar aspect yeah 
and I imagine both come with their challenges, but we know food trucks are, they're a whole different beast. Oh, we had to, I had to rewrite the laws in Chicago because they didn't wow. have food truck legislation at the time. So you were so, kind of really, as you said, part of that first wave. That first wave, I didn't realize I was going to be suddenly sucked into <laughs> writing legislation and lobbying aldermen and city officials to change the laws. And I did that for the first year. I was like, I was constantly in meetings. I was like, I should be in my truck selling food, not like negotiating like legislation. Right, <laughs> that is so funny. Um, and so when you think about a that your that your food is connected so well with St. Louis, do you wish you'd come back sooner, or do you feel like still you know you kind of came back at the right time for for what you guys were meant to do? I think this was the right time right now. I think everything, you know, they always say, people say, oh, like owning a business and growing it is it, it's part luck and it is part planning. And I think that you have to know when the right opportunity is. And I've always come back and I looked at the market. We looked at real estate. We looked at different shops and stuff um, for years, but nothing ever landed correctly. Nothing felt right. And then this last time we came back, I just knew. Like you just have this, the spidey senses, your gut feeling that says this is it. So. Thank you guys, that was so great. Thank you. Thank you. Loved it. Saucy Porca just celebrated their one year anniversary here in St. Louis, and they still have two locations in the Chicago area. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here next week.